If you were not with us this past week, you know that we started our series in Advent. Everyone say Advent. Look at your neighbor and say Advent. Look at your other neighbor and say, do you even know what Advent means? Okay, okay, so we started our series in Advent, and, and Advent is a time when, when we look back at the first coming of Jesus. Shh, lock it with me now, lock it, lock it, lock it. We look back at the first coming of Jesus, right, where Jesus came and, and you know, we sing all these beautiful Christmas songs, away in a manger, and all, all those good things. Jesus comes as a baby, and, and he is born, and he lives his life here on earth until he is crucified on the cross and raised back to life. Are you guys, are you guys tracking me so far? That's, that's what we remember. Wait, that was like one of you. Are you guys tracking with me? There we go. That was not complicated. Okay, so we look back and we remember, remember Advent, the first coming of Jesus. And last week we talked about how Jesus is hope. Everyone say, Jesus is hope. All right, lock in with me, guys. Lock in with me. Stop your conversations with each other. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Lock in with me. Lock in with me. Okay, so we talked about how Jesus is hope. Everyone say hope. We talked about on this past Wednesday and this past Sunday how Jesus is the only person that when we put our hope in him, we will not be disappointed. When we put our hope in Jesus, we have, we have hope that outlasts circumstances and surpasses our feelings. Anything that happens, when we put our hope in Jesus, it is in something firm. It is a firm foundation. And today we're going to be talking about how Jesus is peace. Everyone say, Jesus is peace. Before we keep going, I want us to go ahead and bow our heads and let's pray. Let's go ahead and lock in. Let's get ready to hear the word of the Lord. Let's get ready to see what the Lord has to speak to us tonight. Heavenly Father, we love you. During this time as we approach Christmas and during this time as we remember your life on earth, Jesus, we, we want to take a second just to be grateful. We, we sat in this room on, on Sunday mornings a few days ago and Acknowledge how easy it is just to come into this building, come into youth group, come into church, and just let all this thing just be a cute story. Just a, a cute story that we've heard before, but it's just kind of faded in its power. God, I pray that for those in this room that are hungry for more of you, they, they want to know you more, Jesus. They want to know what, what you sound like, what what you think about, what the feelings that you feel when you see brokenness in the world. For those who want to know you more, Jesus, I pray tonight that we would know you more. Lord, for those who feel far away, for those, if they were to be honest with themselves, they could care less about being here, Lord, would you draw them near tonight? And would they know that, that you don't cease, you don't stop pursuing them, chasing after them, so they can know they are loved by you, that you gave your life for them, Jesus. So we love you. Would we know you more this evening? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, amen, amen. Whoever got the hiccups, I'm just sorry. Is that you, Levi? I'm sorry. Hiccups are tough. Okay, so we, so we, we started up the series in Advent. One more time, everyone say Advent. And, and as we talk about this, the second theme, as we, you go through each week of Advent in the church calendar, what you see is that there's kind of a progression of themes. So last week, what did we talk about? Hope, yes, yeah, say it the same kind of thing. Everyone say hope. So last week we talked about how Jesus is our hope, and today we talk about how Jesus is peace. Now it's really important for us to remember what Advent is as, as we approach these themes. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, what's Advent anyways? 
Okay, let me, let me explain this to you. Everyone listen, everyone listen. So, so Advent means arrival, okay? That's all the word Advent means is, is arrival. Now, now obviously, something that's kind of more obvious is that when we talk about Advent, we, we look back, right? We, we look back and we remember Jesus coming as a baby. Are you guys tracking me so far, yeah? So, so we look back at Jesus coming as a baby, we know the story well, and in the first few chapters of Matthew and Mark and Luke, we see Jesus come as a baby. But there's also a second advent. Everyone say second advent. Some of you are like, wait, what, is that? what does that mean? Let me explain it to you. So second advent is that we look forward to another arrival of Jesus. Remember, advent just means arrival. So, so we, we look back. Everyone say look back. Everyone point with me. Get, get, get your body involved. Say look back. We look back to what Jesus did and how he came to earth as a baby, died on the cross, raised back to life. We celebrate that. We remember that. But we also look forward. Everyone say forward. Look at your neighbor and say forward. We, we look forward to Jesus coming back. Friends, a huge part of the gospel is that Jesus is returning. Amen? Like, like Jesus is going to come back again. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to come and establish his kingdom and establish his peace and, and all the wrong things that you and I face, the, the areas in our lives where we desperately need hope and we desperately need peace. We, we look forward to remembering, man, Jesus is going to come back and all that brokenness and the sin and the death, what's going to happen? It'll be eternally separated from God's presence and the people of God who dwell with him eternally. Okay, so, so we look back to the first advent, the first arrival of Jesus, and we also look forward. Everyone say look forward. We look forward to the second coming of Jesus. So as we talk about how Jesus is peace today, it's critical that we remember those two advents. Everyone say two advents. Sweet. So, so as we talk about peace, how many of you guys have ever used the word peace, like in your ordinary everyday life? If you don't have your hand up. I'd be very surprised. Okay, so this word peace is a word we throw out very commonly, right? Like, like let, me, let me tell you some examples of times when, like, in my life I was like, yeah, I need some peace. I, I talked about this like five or six weeks ago, maybe longer than that. I don't, I don't really remember. But you guys might remember this story. We were over in the, in the theater combined with the high schoolers. Some of you guys love that. Some of you were like, ew, they're 17, like six foot three. I'm terrified. It is what it is. But, but I shared this story about, about going airsofting with, with, with the, the, our, our student ministry team. Do you guys remember this story? Maybe some of you. I told it for like 15 minutes. I talked way too long about it. I'll probably do that again. It's fun. But, but a, a few, maybe like two months ago, uh, Pastor Tim, Pastor Victor, Miss Ruth Ann and I, we, we went as a team to remember and celebrate, and, and, and we went and played airsoft together. It's like very obvious that there's like three guys and like one girl on the team, right? Like that's such like a dude thing. Let's go airsoft, bro. Are you offended? I'm sorry, Isabel. Okay, but most, I, actually I won't make that statement. Never mind, never mind. Okay, so we went to go play airsoft. And if you guys remember the story, we're just like chilling, like having fun. None of us are like that good. We just have some like CO2 pistols. But then who walks in the door? Some of my friends here have met him in person. What's his name? Michael. Then this guy, Michael, comes and everyone say, who's Michael? Let me explain to you, okay? Let me, let me put the fear of God back into you that was in me, okay? So we're just chilling. We have, like, these puny pistols. Like, none of us are, like, even good. Like, I wouldn't tell you, like, who was good on, like, out of the team and who wasn't. But some people weren't very good. But, but then, so, like, this dude, Michael, shows up. Like, he's got the duffel bag. He's got, like, the automatic rifle, the semi-automatic, semi-automatic pistol. Like, this dude was a beast. He came strapped. And it was, like, a moment of fear of, like, 
oh, God, I want to die. And, and if you were at service two months ago, you know that, like, I, like, I shot him in the head, like, eight times because I got terrified. That's what fear does to you. You just lose your ever-loving mind. Um, but, but, like, like, in a moment of, like, that where, like, I'm running around, like, hoping I don't get shot, like, 12 times in, like, half a second with some BBs, like, that's typically a time when I would use the word peace. Are you guys tracking with me? Or how about, how about this one? This, this one is very real at least for me. Maybe I'm just going to out myself. How many of you guys, who, who loves hiking or being out in nature? Yeah. You guys are Coloradans. I feel like you kind of have to. But, but so like, I love being out in nature. I'm not like a huge like outdoors guy, but I love appreciating God's beauty, the mountains. Like, if you guys moved from like an ugly state like Texas or like something else, like, like you know that like, like you, you come to Colorado and you're like, whoa. 14,000 foot mountain, that's crazy. Like, I, I went to school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's just flat. Like, like you see the elevation of the stage, that like, like two hops, and like, that's basically like the tallest like mountain in Tulsa, okay? It was called Turkey Mountain. It, it was an actual place. It was like the lamest hike on planet Earth. But like, so I love being out in nature, seeing the mountains, and, and sitting in the quiet, and, and you just feel like, okay, if there's ever like a peaceful, some of you guys probably can't see me, I'll step up. If there's ever like a peaceful atmosphere, you're chilling, ah, the nice nature, the nice air. And all of a sudden, you hear a little, like, twig snap. <laughs> and the twig snaps, and maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm going to out myself as, like, a coward. But, like, the second I hear that, like, <laughs> if I was having a great time with the Lord, it's done now. It's gone. Because now all I'm thinking is, like, there's a mountain lion or a bear that's going to eat me in half a second if I don't run. Right? Like, have you, have you guys been there before? Like, you're out in nature, and like, oh, this is beautiful, beautiful. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, like, in reality, like, it's probably like a bunny or like a bird just landing on a tree, as they do. But, like, you're sitting there, and it's like, I want to get eaten by a mountain lion. Like, if I don't take off, like, sprinting. Like, that's like an area that's like, oh, God, I, I need peace. Like, are you guys tracking with me? Like, how we use the word peace. Nod your head if you're, if you're tracking with me. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is how we often use the word peace. But what I, what I want to present to you this evening, I said it right this time, evening, is that is that the peace that Scripture tells us about is actually very different than the peace that, that, that we, we pursue and that we want here on earth. Are you guys tracking with me? The, the peace that Scripture talks about is often very different than how we view peace. The, the Hebrew word for peace in Scripture is shalom. Everyone say shalom. Turn to your neighbor and say shalom. Shalom is a very, it can be like a greeting, like a goodbye. It's very common, but, but the, the, the meaning of the word shalom is so much deeper. Everyone listen, everyone listen. The, the meaning of the word shalom, it doesn't just mean like a, a calmness. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that like, oh, there's nothing hard going on. Like life is just like perfectly chill. There's no like snapping of twigs or no Michael shooting me 15 times with a, like a BB gun in like half a second. Like, it's just chill. That's the word peace, this word shalom in Hebrew, it actually means wholeness. Everyone say wholeness. It means wholeness or completeness, or it can also mean restoration. Okay, it can mean restoration. We, we see this in the Old Testament where, where if you do someone, if you do someone dirty, if like you take away their ox or you take away something that's, that's theirs, you must shalom them, which means to restore them. Are you, are you guys tracking with me? That, that this word, it doesn't just mean like you're having a nice vacation on the beach, like life is chill, you got no homework, you have like an 18-week Christmas break for those of you that get that good for you. I'm kind of jealous, but that was like 10 years ago, so I need, I, I need to move on. But like, like we, we think peace is just like a, 
oh, everything is, is fine. But, but the real meaning of this word peace is, is a, a true restoration of, of things being how they should be. Are you guys tracking with me? Everyone say shalom. If you're turning around to talk to your friends, I need you to stop. Go on, lock in with me, lock in with me, okay? So this is, this is the true meaning of the word shalom. So I want to go to Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 6 as our main passage. I, I read this to us last week, and I want us to kind of dig a little deeper into this passage. Isaiah 9, starting in verse 6. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. Isaiah 9, verse 6. This is one of the most common prophecies we have pointing towards Jesus, the Messiah, who would come to earth. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you have your Bible, I want you to underline that phrase, that name, Prince of Peace. Everyone say Prince of Peace. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of, what is that word? What is that word? Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. You see, when we, when we look at this passage, what we see is it's a prophecy pointing towards Jesus, right? We talked about this, this last week with, with the waiting that the people of Israel had to do, that, that they waited hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of years, that they had this promise that a Messiah would come. And they had to wait. That was uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Then they had to, they had to wait. They had to wait for this, for this child who was, who was going to put the government on his shoulders and who was going to bring peace. They had to wait. Everyone say wait. They had to wait for the Messiah to come. And, and when we look at these, these names of God, we see this phrase, Prince of Peace. If you're taking notes, I just want you to write that down. Prince of Peace. This, this word for prince, it's it's not just like a cute title that's like meant to like rhyme a little bit, like Prince of Peace. That sounds like nice and catchy. This word prince really, it, it's the Hebrew word sar. Everyone say sar. Sar. It sounds like, that's like the first like Hebrew word I've had you say that you don't have to like, like cough up boogers, like, like to say, okay? Just, just sar. It's, it's easy. But this, this Hebrew word sar, it means ruler or authority. Everyone say ruler. And what, what we see in this passage is that the promise of the Messiah is that there will come a Messiah. There will come this child who will be a ruler who grants peace. Are you guys tracking me? Are you guys tracking me? We see that the promise is that there will be this king, this ruler, who will come to grant peace. That this Messiah, this child, this, this baby, this, this king would come. And the kingdom that he would establish on earth would bring shalom. It would, bring, it would bring true peace. It would, it would make all the wrong things right. It would, he would come and restore everything to how it was meant to be. It would come to a place of, of wholeness and completeness where the brokenness of sin wouldn't fracture the world anymore. Are you, are you guys track with me? Like for this word, this word shalom, it's, it's like the sin comes and, and fractures and breaks apart our world. And, and what shalom is, is the restoration to how things should be. This is the true meaning of, of peace. So, so let me ask this question. You may be wondering this 
What is this, this peace that this Messiah, this baby, this, this ruler would establish? Everyone say, what is this peace? Thank you so much for asking. Go ahead and look at Ephesians 2 with me, starting in verse 13. And I want to go ahead and kind of get on to the bulk of our message tonight, looking at what is this peace that Christ offers us that's, that's different than just like calm, warm, fuzzy feelings that the world tries to offer as peace. Go ahead and look with me at Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 13. It says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our what? Go on. For he himself is our he himself is our peace who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Now track with me. These verses are long. I'll explain them, but just try, try to pay attention. Verse 15. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create one that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. If you have your Bible, underline peace every time you see it. Verse 16, and might reconcile. Everyone say reconcile. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Verse 17, this is when it gets real good. It gets real good. And he came and preached what? He came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace. Everyone say peace. To those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Now some of you guys might be like sitting here like, okay, that was a super long passage. What does this mean? It's okay. Let me try to explain this to you. So, so what we see in, in verse 13 is that, is that us who were, who were once far off, we've been brought near by the blood of Christ. And as this passage continues, it talks about the separation that we experience because of sin. I guess track with me this far, like, like we know like the wages of sin is death, right? Like that's what the book of Romans tells us. So, so if sin separates us from the presence of God, my foot was sliding on something. That was fascinating. Um, if, if, that, was, that was so weird. So, so if sin separates us from God, then, then what has to happen is that Jesus, the Messiah, he comes and gives his life to bring us near. Okay, this, this is kind of the roots and basics of the gospel. But as it continues, it talks about how, how the blood and the love of Jesus, it reconciles us to God and it tears down any dividing wall. Do you guys know anything about a dividing wall in the New Testament that's like torn from top to bottom? Have you guys ever read at the end of the book of Matthew where when Jesus breathes out his last cry, there's this, this huge curtain in the temple. And when Jesus dies, this curtain is torn from top to bottom. And what this curtain represented was the separation, right, between the presence of God and us ordinary sinners who, who no matter how hard we tried, there was no way we could, we could be good enough to get into the presence of a beautiful, holy perfect God. Are you guys track with me? So what we see is that Jesus, he tears this wall and he reconciles us. Everyone say reconcile. Now some of you guys might remember this. I'm going to be so impressed if you remember this. But if you don't, I'm not going to be mad. It's okay. But who, who was at junior high retreat in September? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. So, so some of you guys might remember Pastor Tim talked about this, this word reconciliation. Do any of you guys remember the Greek word for it? Say it one more time. Everyone say katalage. You gotta say it with some more oomph. Everyone say katalage. It's this, it's this Greek word that means reconciliation. Now, now, what is reconciliation? Thank you for asking. What reconciliation is, is it is, it is the mending or the joining of two things that were 
broken or separated, right? It's like we see what, what Christ has done is he has reconciled us to God, meaning this, friends. Hear me, hear me. My, my, my first point this evening is this, that true peace is in the salvation that Christ has offered. True, true peace, true shalom, true wholeness is found in the salvation that Jesus has offered. You see, without, without Jesus coming and, and pursuing us and coming after us and initiating the offer of salvation to us, you and I, have, you and I we have no peace, we have no hope. We, without Jesus doing what he has done, we'd be eternally separated. We would we'd constantly be living in fear of, of a world separated from all goodness. But what Jesus has done is he has given us true peace by offering us salvation. Number two, the second thing I want to suggest about peace, if you're taking notes, I want you to write these things down. If you're not taking notes, I would love for you to come ready with notebooks next week. Number two, Jesus establishing justice gives us peace. Jesus establishing justice gives us peace. Now, who remembers, like, we talked about this word justice last week, right? Like, in this passage, it talks about how, how this, the, this child who would be born into us, like, you know, like, there's all these sweet names, like, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Like, that's so cute. And it says, like, he comes to bring a kingdom of justice and righteousness. Everyone say justice. And everyone say Righteousness. So what we see is that, is that the very kingdom that Jesus is going to bring is one of justice and righteousness. Now this is where we have to remember the second advent. Everyone say second advent. Do you guys remember I was talking about how we need, we need to remember this? So the first advent that Jesus has come, and we're going to talk more about that one in a second. We have the second advent that we, that we wait for where Jesus will come back. And you know what will happen when Jesus comes back? He will establish his kingdom of righteousness and what? And justice. He'll establish a kingdom of justice. You see, you see, true peace is only possible when Jesus comes and he brings restoration to what's broken, right? Like, like we, we can't really have peace if the brokenness of our world just continues. Like, like I would find no peace if I knew that for the rest of, like, the, of like people's history, for the rest of the history of humanity and the world, it was just going to continue to have like death and disease and suffering and, like, and difficult things. Like, do you guys ever think about that? Like, like you think like way, like way in the future, like if Jesus didn't come back, think about this world just continuing to get worse and worse and worse. Just more suffering, more death, more, more pain. But the fact is that we as believers, we have true peace because we have the promise that when Jesus comes back, he will make everything right. He will establish true peace by giving justice. Everyone say justice. Number, number three is this, that Jesus gives us peace by giving us his spirit. Jesus gives us peace by giving us his spirit. How many of you guys know, I was kind of talking about like with, with the woods idea, that like everything seems like a billion times scarier when you're by yourself? Like, are, are you guys tracking with that? Okay, 
if you're not raising your hand, you're so awesome. You're a liar. You're a liar. I'm kidding. But like, like you know, it's like when you're like you're going like if you're just like chilling at home by yourself. Like I feel like a good amount of you have probably like been at home by yourself. Like by now, it's like you're just like if your whole family's around, like you hear a knock on the door and like it's not your problem. You're like mom and dad are going to grab it. I'm chilling. I'm gonna keep like doing my thing. But then like everything changes when it's like you're just like chilling on the couch. You're vibing. You're, like, watching TV. I'd be watching, like, NBA games as, like, a 12-year-old. And then all of a sudden, all you need to hear is, and it's, like, the, like you just start thinking, like, the worst-case scenario. And, like, you go back to being, like, a 4-year-old. And you're just, like, like you, like, hide under your couch. It's, like, like you, you are terrified because you're at home alone. Is that, is that just me? No, I know, that's more, I know that's more of you. I know that's more of you. Like, everything seems a billion times scarier. Like, going on a nice, beautiful hike in the forest. And all of a sudden, like, you hear something. And like in the distance, and you're like, there's a grizzly bear. Like, and this grizzly bear is angry and probably lost its cubs and is like really sad and is going to come like tear my face off. Like, it's irrational. But it's like, we, everything is so much scarier when we're alone, right? Now, now look, look with me at Jesus' words in, in John chapter 14. What we see in John chapter 14 is it is Jesus' kind of last teaching to the disciples before he's about to go and, and be crucified on the cross and then he'll be raised to life and he'll ascend and, and no longer be with the disciples physically. So this is like Jesus' great last words, okay? So, when, so there's like a level of like importance. Like Jesus is like, hey, I want you to get this because I'm about to like ascend and no longer be with you. And so this is what Jesus says to comfort the people. John 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace. Everyone say my peace. This is Jesus speaking. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now imagine what the disciples are, are, are thinking, right? For, for three years they've been following this rabbi, this incredible this miracle worker, this incredible guy, Jesus. And all of a sudden he starts saying like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be leaving you. And, and where I'm going, like, you can't, you can't go because he was, like, ascending into heaven. Like, think about, like, they're hearing these words, and they're like, like, Jesus, where are you going? Like, like we need you. Like, when, like, there's a demon around me. Like, I need you to cast it out. Like, I need you, Jesus. Like, like and so they're, they're sitting here wondering what's about to happen. And then Jesus is saying things like, like, yeah, like, I'm actually going to be put to death. I'm going to be crucified. And they're sitting there like, like, what are you talking about, teacher? Like, this is crazy. And he even says some things like, like behold, like, the world's going to hate you and, and, and persecution is going to come to you because of the way that you love me and follow me. And so in the midst of Jesus telling them what was going to happen, what does Jesus do? He says, peace I leave with you, my peace. Everyone say my peace. My peace I leave with you, not as the world gives do I give you. If you look at just verse, a few verses before verse 27, what you see is Jesus promises that the Father will send the Holy Spirit. He promises that the Father will send the helper, the, the advocate, the Holy Spirit who would be with us. Now, friends, pay attention, pay attention, hear me. We're, we're wrapping up in just a few minutes. When we talk about, when we talk about these, these two advents, right, we, we look back to what Jesus has done. He came as a baby. He, it was so much love. He came to redeem us, forgive us of our sins on the cross. But we also look forward to the second advent. Everyone say second advent. You're going to remember this. We look forward to, to the second advent where, where Jesus will establish justice. For those of you who, like, you, you are struggling so much because of the brokenness in your world, like, let's be honest here. Like, so many of you are walking through some really difficult things at home. 
Maybe, maybe your family is, you feel like your family is falling apart or you go into school and, and you feel lonely, you're, you're being bullied, you have no friends. Like, like whatever it is in your life, there's probably a lot of you that you desperately need hope and peace, right? Like, like let's, let's be honest and mature here. Like if we're to be honest with ourselves and about our own lives and also the lives of the people in this room, there's a lot of brokenness. What we do in, when, we, when we look forward to Jesus' second coming is, is we remember all of the broken things in my life, the brokenness in, in my family and the brokenness in my friends and, and the loneliness I feel and the things I struggle with. Jesus will make all those things right. But friends, hear me. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. Between, between these two advents, between the, what Christ has already came and Christ will come again, we are not alone. I hear me. We are not alone. Jesus didn't tell the disciples, okay, it's like, I'm going to give my life on the cross, like win the victory over like death, hell, and the grave. It'll be super great. And like, I want to dip and just like, just try to, just try to make it. Just like do your best to try really hard. Be good like Jesus people. And I'll come back eventually. Peace. That'd be terrible. That'd make life now terrible. I didn't even mean to say peace. That was not the correct definition of what peace we're talking about. But like, Jesus, Jesus, yes, he promised that he will come back to make all things right. He will establish peace by the justice he brings. But friends, hear me. Jesus gives us peace by giving us his very spirit to live inside of us. Meaning this, that no matter what you face on this earth, you are not alone. Can you just say quietly over yourself, I'm not alone? Just say that again and think about the Holy Spirit living inside of you and just say, I'm not alone. You are not alone. The peace that you can find, you can have the promise of wholeness and, and restoration in your life because the Holy Spirit is with you. Number four, Pastor Victor, you can go ahead and come on up for worship response. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. That true peace is found in Jesus alone. True peace is found in Jesus alone. Everyone say Jesus alone. I want to take a look at John 16, 33. I was just talking about the upper room discourse, right? Like, like the last things that Jesus said before he went to the cross and gave his life. This is the last recorded, like, teaching we have that he gives before he is resurrected again. So the, the last things that he, he, he sees it as a priority to tell his disciples is this. After telling them about the Holy Spirit that would come and, and after telling them that they would go through pain and suffering and they would be persecuted and they'd be hated for being Christians. And this is what Jesus says. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you. That in me, everyone say, in Christ. I've said these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, it will be really easy. Oh, my bad. That's, that's what I'd like to read. What does it say? In this world, you will have tribulation or, or trouble. But take heart. Everyone say, take heart. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. 
Friends, hear me tonight. Mr. Jacob, we can go ahead and just bring the lights down a little bit. When we talk about, when we talk about peace, this true, deep peace that God gives us, the shalom that, that the kingdom of Jesus will be built on, a place where there's no death, there's no suffering. As we wait for, for that kingdom to come, we have peace in Jesus alone. Jesus says, I've told you these things. He's preparing the disciples for, for everything that's about to happen. I've told you th these things that in me you may have peace. And you know what Jesus says right after that? He doesn't say, I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. So guess what? I'm like, I'm the creator of like everything and I hold all things together. It's like, I got you a nice island and you're just going to be able to go and flee all of your problems. Like you just get to go hang out, like have everything you want on the island, peace. Does Jesus say like, life is going to be super easy. No one's going to get mad at you for being a Christian. Like it's not going to cost you anything. Like go do you, live your life, have fun. I've told you these things that in me you have, you may have peace. In this world you will have what? No, 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 that's not what the passage is. It's not on the screen. I don't blame you. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. Have, have courage. Have strength. Have boldness. For I have overcome the world. Friends, hear me. It is so easy for us. This is so similar to how we talked about hope. It's, it's so easy for us to try to find our peace in, in other things in this earth, other people. We can, we can so easily run to, to things that we can see or, or run to people that we feel like we can depend on for us to have a sense of like, yeah, everything will be restored. Everything's going to be okay. To be able to, to live out of peace knowing, like, I don't need to be anxious or worried. I don't need to, to fear because, like, everything's going to be okay. It's so easy to try to run to things on this earth to fill that. Like, I don't care how tough you act. Like, every single one of you lives out of, out of some sort of fear. Like, there are things that we don't know that, that we have questions about, things that we are afraid of. And pay attention to what Jesus says Jesus never promises that life will be easy or trouble-free. Some, some people like to think that, like, if I, if I follow Jesus, what that means is, like, a life where, like, everything's going to be easy. Like, if I'm, if I'm a Christian, if, I, if I'm a Christ follower, that means, like, I'm not going to have any suffering. Like, I'm a Christian. Like, I'm, like, you have, like, this weird, like, like shield. That's, like, nothing can happen to me. Nothing can happen to me. I'm good. And, friends, let, let me just tell you. If you, if you hear a gospel that, that says Jesus plus comfort or Jesus plus like an easy, happy life equals, equals Christianity, like, friends, I'm sorry, I'll, I'm just going to tell you straight up, that is not the gospel. Like, look at the apostles. 
These people who were so close to Jesus, they, they walked with him so closely. And they preached the gospel to thousands all over the world. And you know what happens to them? They're all persecuted. They are, they are literally killed for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of this Messiah. Say like John me. They're all, they're all killed for, for holding to Jesus. Like, like some of them are thrown off like the top of the temple and their heads are bashing with a stick. Some of them are, are crucified upside down or, or beheaded or, or burned alive or poisoned. Like, like, I don't know about you, but like when I think about peace, like the, I'm afraid because of like Michael's going to shoot me with BBs and like I just need to feel better peace. Like, that type of persecution ain't that. Like, like are, you, are you guys track with me? Like, what Jesus is saying here, like, in this world you will have trouble. Like, that doesn't really seem like peace, Jesus. But what, is, what does Jesus say after that? He says, but take heart. Take heart, not because you can push through, you can do it. Or, or take heart because, like, like, you know, Christianity equals easy life. No, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Right? That, that's what John 16, says. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. And friends, hear me tonight. Please hear me. I, I say this because I, I care about you all. I believe this is the truth. That if you run to anything or anyone else to find peace, it will let you down. You will find that it is temporary. That it may work for like a little bit, but then eventually like that, that peace, that comfort will fade. That sense of wholeness, that sense of like, like everything is, is going to be okay and as it was meant to be, that too will fade. I don't, I don't care what it is. It can be a really great thing that God has blessed you with. But if you run to that thing as, as an idol, if you run to that thing so that you can have peace, friends. One day, you'll run to that thing again and it won't bring you peace. Anything on this earth is temporary and shaking. It's, it's not eternal. But you know what Jesus says is, is, take heart for I have overcome the world. What does that mean? What Jesus has done for us on the cross is finished. Everyone say, it's finished. What Jesus has done on the cross is finished. He has already come as a baby to come and establish his kingdom. And the way he establishes his kingdom is he loves you so much that he wants you to be his son, his daughter. So he gives his life on the cross for you. Then he's raised back to life three days later. So that no matter what happens, no matter what death happens around us, no matter what suffering happens around us, no matter what happens in life, the things that make us fearful or, or, or scared or unsure or have doubt, regardless of all those things, it doesn't change what Jesus has done. It doesn't change the fact that you have a hope and a peace that lasts far beyond all of those things. Are you guys hearing me tonight? This peace isn't just a cute word. This peace isn't just like a, a nice comfy feeling. What peace truly is, is the fact that we can stand in assurance. We can stand in the promise that God is faithful. 
that if he has loved us before, he will continue to love us. If he has been with us before, he'll continue to be with us. If he has come through in the past when you needed provision, when, when like you couldn't even like get by on like the normal day-to-day, if he's done that in the past, he'll continue to come through. Like, I feel like my life has been, like, a story of, like, as I look back on the last, like, six months of my life, like, there's been so many moments of, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get everything done. Or, like, life just feels heavy. Like, I lost my home, like, in a fire, and it's, like, like, my wife and I, like, we're newly married, like, just past six months. It's, like, we're just trying to figure our life together and now moving into a new place. And there's so much going on. Like, life felt so heavy. And some days I'd be, like, I I don't know, like, I want to keep going. But you know what happened? God didn't say, oh, don't you worry. I'm getting you a million dollars, like a huge house, and everything's going to be better. No, no, no. You know what God did do? He strengthened me the day after the fire, September 3rd. And September 4th, he strengthened me. And September 5th, he strengthened me. And September 6th, when I was looking at the next day, saying, like, gosh, I don't even know what to do. There's so much. I... He strengthened me for that day when, I, when that day that I was worrying about came. Because God is faithful, because he is my peace, guess what? He came through again. He gave me the strength I needed. He gave me, he gave me the faith that I needed. He, he continued to walk with me because he's an everlasting father. He is, he is the prince of peace. He is the ruler, the one that can give peace, that surpasses any knowledge. This is who our God is. Jesus is peace. Everyone say Jesus is peace. So this is what I want us to do. I want to take a few minutes to worship together. You can, you can stand up. You can stay where you are. You can come up to the front. Get on your knees. Do whatever you do. I'm asking you, take this, take this next 10, 15 minutes with the Lord. To be intentional with him. To, to listen to him.